Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. We certainly do. I'm your co-host, Sarah D. Bunting, and I am here with uh, possibly the only testosterone that we're going to be confronted with this season, Mark Blankenship. Hello, Mark. Reppin' for the dudes. <laughs> As he's known to do, we are choosing the Lilith Fairest song of them all this season on Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs. Mark, could you please talk a little bit more about how we came to embark on this uh, ovarian journey? Oh my gosh, yes. So we had such a great time with our soft rock season in which we determined the moistest song of all time (laughs) that we wanted to try this format again. And we have been batting around the idea of a Lilith Fair-related season for quite a few years. And... This summer, the summer of 2022, when we are releasing this season, is the 25th anniversary of the launch of the Lilith Fair. So this seemed like the perfect time to fuse the two. So this season, we will be looking at a list of 40 songs that we feel like epitomize the Lilith Fair, and we will be ranking them all so that eventually we will have a legally binding ultimate ranked top 40 Lilith Fairest songs of all time. Now, before I get more fully into what that means, and Sarah and I both uh, try to articulate what we're going to hope to discover in this season, let me say that I truly have been the one who's been pushing for this, because between ninth grade, which was 93-94, and my sophomore year of college, which was 98-99, so in that roughly six-year span, this type of female-led singer-songwriter rock and R&B music was my passion. I listened to songs by artists who would go on the Lilith Fair so much. And for those of you who do not know, the Lilith Fair was an all-female music tour that happened for three consecutive summers, 97, 98, 99. And it was created by Sarah McLachlan as a way to combat the entrenched idea that on a radio station, you can never play more than one woman in a row and on a touring bill you can never have never have more than one woman on the stage there was a lot of uh there was a lot of energy for women on the pop charts at this time and sarah mclaughlin harnessed that and said no we're gonna go out and have an all-women festival and prove that it can be done and over the course of the three years the festival grew and grew and grew it started to feature women who made a wide variety of musical types But the music that we're going to be discussing in this season is really the type of music that would have most likely been played in the first season of The Lilith Fair. And I say again, this music is so deeply embedded into my DNA that if you were to cut me open and sample my blood, I feel like 23andMe would say you are 41% Indigo Girls, Mm -hmm. and they would be correct. Well, let me put it this way. As I've said to you, Sarah, when we were not recording, I am currently able to say, I am this type of person, and therefore, I like this type of music. Back then, when I was in my Lilith phase, I said, or I basically thought, I am this type of person because I Mm. like this type of music. Yeah. And uh, I, you know, as one often does when you're a teenager, you just identify so much with the culture, and especially, I think, the music that you love. And this was the music that 
I, I just, again, cannot stress how much I loved it and listened to it. So for me, walking through these 40 songs is going to be like walking through a hall of my own life. And uh, I am so thrilled to be talking about it. But Sarah, I know that you perhaps have a slightly different relationship to some of this music, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, You are. I do. And I'm not proud of it. Because like you, uh, I was in my early to mid-twenties when the Lilith Fair was doing its thing. And I... Um, this was at the point in my life before I could call myself a feminist and not be sort of trapped in that cool girl way of thinking about my own tastes and um, sort of obsessing over what they said about me to boys that I mm. wanted to fuck. So much time wasted on contemplation of that idea because i mean you know i love your people but oh my god jesus christ anyway so the lilith fair for me i was i never attended it i was very dismissive of it as a concept because i think i was in a headspace at that time that said um that needing a tour for just us meant that we were um, weaker and needed help, and I didn't like that. I felt like there was a simpering, um, whiny, navel-gazy, the worst of REM-ness to the artists. Like, you know, had I checked an artist list? No, I just decided that that's what it was, that it was like all jewel and not for me. Um, and I, uh, as with so many things at this time in my life, was an ignoramus, uh, an ah. ignorama, excuse me. They'll pull my uh, Latin pedant card if I don't make that correction. Um, and we will link this in the show notes, but uh, the Vanity Fair oral history of the Lilith Fair is so amazing and filled me with such um pride in sarah mclaughlin et al uh righteous fury on behalf of women who are trying to make and sell things and uh just chagrin at my own kind of inability to get out of that, like, well, you know, if you were that good, you wouldn't need your own tour. Like, well, who decided that that was true and gave you that belief, Sarah? Boys, probably. Right. Um, so, uh, and what a, what a shame that I wasn't connecting with this, uh, this sort of list of artists and this aggregate of um, feeling and creativity and also that, I don't know, as someone who was stuck in the Pride Parade the year they <laughs> made marriage legal in um, this in New York, um, which was like the best behaved, happiest crowd I've ever been in. I feel like Lilith Fair crowd would have been like that. It was, yes. And um, that I just wish I hadn't wasted so much time in my life generally um being like women's ways of knowing i roll like i don't know 
Well, so, it's interesting that you bring up straight dudes because I think that honestly, for me, part of the reason I loved going to the little fair, which I did attend in the summer of '97, was that it felt free for me. <laughs> there were of like the two. aggressive. I might beat your queer ass energy that I yes. would experience literally everywhere else in my life, or at least I felt like I would experience everywhere else in my life at that time. Yeah, I mean, we watched the Woodstock '99 footage. Yes, like, exactly. This is like the you know inverse obverse and reverse of that but um i'm also i feel like a lot of time was wasted in the late 90s by me on a lot of things <laughs> so i'm really interested in re-engaging with this because there are a lot of artists on our list who i do like and have always liked and had downloaded their work from limewire kids oh. ask your parents um but it's you know as always, this is such a fascinating process, not to get meta on you guys, but it's such a fascinating process for us to put together these seasons and see who's taking the lead on what and unpacking like, uh, you know, what are the differences in where geographically we were raised and what is the sometimes the five year age difference is immaterial and other times it's like two different countries having a summit meeting. Um <laughs> And especially in this case, it's it's fascinating to me that I think you and I related to the concept of Lilith Fair in the same way that it was like, I like this kind of music because yeah. that's who I am, but from two different directions. And one of those directions was wrong, <laughs> but I have no sense of direction as everyone knows. Um, so I'm really, I'm really interested to see like what stories we're going to be telling and what yes. stories we're going to be correcting that we told ourselves back then. And, uh, I just think it's going to be, I think it's going to be really fascinating and fun. And of course we are really looking forward to having you, the listeners participating in this process as we did last year. Um, as always, there will be a public post on our Patreon. That's patreon.com slash mastas, M-A-S-T-A-S. Uh, you can check that out anytime. You can go back and see how we did it in the soft rock season. You can leave comments. You can vote. Um, and we hope that you do. We hope that you participate because that's, uh, you know, number of spins means love. So uh, we're really hoping to hear from you guys as well. I also suspect uh, that based on the conversations you all have been having with us over the many years, that a lot of you will have a lot of passionate opinions about this particular group of songs. And I cannot stress to you how much we would like to hear them. Mm -hmm. uh, you can tweet us twitter.com slash talk songs. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast. Uh, you can email us at talkaboutsongs at gmail.com. We want to hear from you, and we will be reading comments on air throughout the season as they come in, because hearing your input, not only getting your votes on the polls as we determine these rankings, but hearing your thoughts is so much a part of the fun. And there is so much to unpack, Sarah, as you were just suggesting. I mean, for me, again, I at the Lilith Fair that I attended in Nashville in the summer of 97, right before I went to college, bought a pride necklace and it oh, was a black... i know this story yes <laughs> it was a, a piece of black nylon 
that had five beads on them, five beads on it, and it was the rainbow flag in bead form. And the necklace was too small, really, to go around my neck. It was like more than a choker. It was actually choking me. (laughs) But I didn't care. I tied that shit around my neck and I walked around because it felt so fucking liberating and exciting to me at the age of 18 to be able to just be identifying myself as a gay person in this environment where I knew that the only thing that would happen is that lesbians would cheer for me or other gay people in general would cheer for me. And nobody actually said anything about it, which was, I realize now, maybe the best possible response of all. (laughs) So for me, this this is all tied up in that. And also, I went with my two dear friends, Laura and Stephanie, who are still basically my two closest friends of all time. And uh, so there's all of that emotional stuff tied up. And the fact is, I also really like a lot of these songs. But Sarah, I do want to say, as we go through these 40 songs, sometimes you will have been right to have hated this music. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Some of these songs are terrible. But what we're getting at in these rankings, listeners, as you might recall from the Moist FM season, is we're not necessarily ranking the best song that we think is our favorite we'd like to listen to. We are ranking the songs that most embody the qualities that we associate with being Lilith fair And I think it's important here to say, Sarah, that to be on this list in this season, an artist did not actually have to perform at the Lilith Fair. Yeah. Um, for instance, Tori Amos did not perform at the Lilith Fair, but it is impossible to imagine, for me at least, doing a season like this without a Tori Amos song in the mix. Uh, yeah. Uh, and we're going to talk a little bit more about our process in picking these songs, some of which you're going to be like, what? Or didn't you talk about that before? But before we do that, and now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Let's talk about taking care of our minds. There are a lot of ways to take care of your mind and brain. Learning a new language, my personal favorite, the power nap, and BetterHelp Online Therapy. Therapy is great. I've been using it for decades now, and it's been such a force for good in my life. It's a place to work through sticky emotions and situations, and it is the one time that I am willing to bore someone else with what I dreamed last night. BetterHelp is online therapy. You can pick your medium, whether it's video, phone, even live chat-only therapy sessions, so you don't have to be on camera if you're not into that. It's also more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. If you're ready to try BetterHelp, I hope you're also ready to save money. Our listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash Mark and Sarah. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash M-A-R-K and S-A-R-A-H. Thanks, BetterHelp. All right, getting back into our list, uh, we will read the whole thing. But first, I want to say, A, you will see some songs here that if you're a longtime listener, we have discussed them before. In the soft rock season, we tried as much as we could to avoid talking about songs that we had already discussed. But in this case, I think it was not... I think it was not possible to get around the fact that an artist's either signature song or Lilithiest song we had all we had already talked about because we are who we are and we've been right. doing this for however many decades now. Right. So, like I said, I love this music and was defined by it for many years. So over the six years of making the show, of course, 
quite a few of these artists have come up as songs that I wanted to talk about. Yeah. And then you like some of them, too. Also, I mean, I don't want to paint it like it's just the Mark Blankenship show over here. Yeah, exactly. Um, And there were there were a couple that we were like, well, I mean, do we need to have this band? And like, I actually don't like this song, but it's the Lilith fairest of her work or their work. Um, So if you're hearing some songs that sound familiar to you from your sort of master master Spotify topic playlist, that's why, Um, again, as Mark said before, we aren't really trying to be like um, small C Catholic, I guess, about, <laughs> about whether they actually played uh, the Lilith Fair. Although there aren't a ton of artists on on our list who didn't because there were a gazillion people on those Yeah, tours. for real. The, occasionally the, uh, you're like, of the Her? eight. <laughs> Of the 18 main stage artists from the first year of the Little Fair, 16 of them are represented here. And uh, we, again, d- we, it was almost at some point work to find artists who hadn't been on the Little Fair and just make, making sure that we had discussed them as a possibility. Yeah, I think that's probably all the sort of general notes that I can think of before we read the list. So shall we get into our our 40? Just to say, the only thing I would add is that obviously it was important that every single artist we discussed be either a woman or a band fronted by a woman. Uh, Otherwise, the criteria were a little looser, but we tried to stick with artists who came to prominence somewhere between the early 90s and the early aughts, which feels generally like the LFE, Lilith Fair era, as the Mm -hmm. scholars have been describing it. Other than that, Sarah, I think it's fair to say that we're going to wait to talk about what exactly we mean by the Lilith Ferris song until we get into the song specific episodes, because it's in discussing those songs that we will discover both what we mean and what we don't mean. Yeah, I mean, it's the same as the soft rock season that it's like, well, you know, what makes a song moist? Hell, if we know, like, that's what we're all here to help each other find out. Exactly. Exactly. In I the, have a general idea of what makes a song Lilith Fairy, but I, I don't even know if I can really articulate it as well as I would like at this point. So catch me in eight weeks. Last season, one of our listeners was like, so the way I think of it is a you up text, but from the 70s and in top 40 form. And it was like, you know what? That's that nails it. But, you know, as they say in baseball, this is why they play the games like you. We have to proceed we have to let the process guide us and and teach us exactly well then without further ado if i i don't think we need a drum roll so much as we need a sensitive guitar strum Mm. to uh kick off this reading uh this reading of i would have gone with those um those the hanging chimes yeah (laughs) that accompany a palm reader yes um I also feel like I wish I had on a skirt made of muslin. Mm-hmm. A- anything but, broomstick pleated will do. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I just feel do I do feel compelled to add going to see the little affair was the only time I can remember ever going to a, an event in a stadium or an amphitheater where there was no line for the men's room. And I was just like, hey, <laughs> I got this place to myself. Basically, that's what it used to be like to go to Shea Stadium. That it was like, yep. well, this is a pit, but at least I don't have to wait to to drop in. <laughs> anyway. 
Okay, so before we start the list, once again, like we did last season, we're going in alphabetical order according to song title, and this led to some absolutely fucking brutal matchups again. But we are professionals. We will soldier on. Mark, take it away. Okay, in the very first episode of this season, we are going to discuss the following five songs. As Cool As I Am by Dar Williams, Bitch by Meredith Brooks, Bizarre Love Triangle, but the acoustic lady version by Frente, Blood Makes Noise by Suzanne Vega, and Breathless by your favorite Irish sibling band and mine, The Coors. I, that episode alone might give me a stroke. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's like it's like comparing apples and the concept of reality. I don't. Yeah, it's the worst, except for the second episode, which will contain Come to My Window by Melissa Etheridge, Constant Craving by Katie Lang, Cornflake Girl by Tori Amos, Dreams by the Cranberries, and Every Day is a Winding Road by Cheryl Crow. Oh my god, I, I think I'm quitting our podcast. <laughs> this, I mean, is too, it's, this is too hard. It's not going to be boring trying to negotiate the differences and similarities among this crop. Uh, You're going to hear even more of that in episode three, when we will start with Fuck and Run by Liz Fair. Then we will move to Galileo by Indigo Girls. Goodbye to You by Michelle Branch. Hand in My Pocket by Alanis Morissette. And shout out to Ron, (laughs) Here and Now by Letters to Cleo. Yes, we will record that episode while wearing Giants t-shirts. Um, yeah, that one's pretty bad. Finally, in episode four, we get one that's like, okay, maybe I'm not actually going to have a physical conniption trying to trying to figure this out. That episode is Here With Me by Dido. He Thinks He'll Keep Her by Mary Chapin Carpenter. I Know by Dion Ferris. I Try by Macy Gray, and I Will Remember You by Sarah McLaughlin. And we'll just let you know now, we do mean the live version, because I know that there are some of you out there who are wondering, and yes, we chose that one on mm-hmm. purpose. The one more that, about that um, absolutely will make the most people cry. Yeah. You're welcome. Uh, then the next episode will feature the following songs. Let Him Fly by Patty Griffin, A Long Walk by Jill Scott, Love Fool by The Cardigans, Lucky by Biff Naked and My Sister by the Juliana Hatfield Three. She's such a bitch. <laughs> bitch. <laughs> I think I just got that out of my head from when we put together this list and now it's back. In the following episode, One of Us by Joan Osborne, The Promise by Tracy Chapman, Sleep to Dream by Fiona Apple, Stay, Perens, I Missed You, Lisa Loeb and Nine Stories, And Sonny Came Home by Sean Colvin. Next. (laughs) I'm just laughing, Sarah, to think about the conversation we're going to have about this next song. Surrounded by Chantal Kreviazic. I'm going to have to learn how to say her last name before we get to that episode. I think you got Um, it. I think that was it. Okay, great. Uh, That's Just What You Are by Amy Mann. Torn by Natalie Imbruglia. Untouchable Face by Ani DeFranco and Video by India Ari. And wrapping it up, um, another real street fight. Walk This World by Heather Nova. Where Have All the Cowboys Gone by Paula Cole. Who Will Save Your Soul by Jewel. Wonder by Natalie Merchant. And You Gotta Be by Desiree. 
Oh my god, I am dehydrated <laughs> just reading, <laughs> just reading this. But also super excited. There's going to be so much agonizing, but also giggling. I am very excited. I mean, I truly cannot wait. I, I, I already have. I feel like. Every time that we record an episode, I'm going to start by saying to you off mic, I might need nine hours to get through this. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I know. Uh, f- listeners, understand this. Every time we have a planning call or even a Slack conversation about this season, we're both like, why can't we just record this entire thing right now? Yeah, Let's seriously. get into it. Let's get Depends. Let's get some fizzy water. Let's get it done. I do want to also add, speaking of the planning call, when we started our planning call to choose the final songs for this season, we had almost 80 candidates. (laughs) And that's not 80 songs by the same artist. That's 80 different artists that we had to choose among. And uh, then sometimes we had more than one song per artist that we were considering. So it's already been a blood sport. Like we see you and praise you, Amy Lou Harris, girl, you didn't make it. That's yeah. That's just how the ha- that's how some shit had to go. Yeah, <laughs> the actual patchouli candles were lit to ah! <laughs> to memorialize those we lost. And uh, <laughs> we may, for Patreon supporters, we may have a quick discussion about like. There's going to be a lot of, how could you leave off such and so? And I mean, we just tried to explain, but like it's it's 40 songs and everybody's, you know, you're on the bus or you're under it. So maybe for Patreon supporters, we will uh, do a follow-up episode about like, you know, a handful of ones that we were like, look, we know. And now we're going to talk about it. So we'll, again. We'll call that the Lilith Fair to Midland. The Lilith Unfair. <laughs> oh, shit, Sarah. Now that you've said it, we have to do it. Yeah. Well, listeners, I cannot wait to have you join us on this journey. This feels like the culmination of a lot of things I've been thinking about for decades. Um, <laughs> so, Sarah, I also cannot wait to have these conversations with you. Uh, same. I mean, and we've been having these conversations for, you know, our entire friendship. So the fact that all y'all get to be jumped into the convo is very exciting. And once again, here's how you do that at talk songs on Twitter at mastas.podcast on Facebook, right? Yep. Okay. <laughs> like every single time I'm like, wait, is that right? And of course, patreon.com slash mastas. You do not have to be a paid supporter. You do have to have a Patreon account. But if you choose to join us, there are a lot of fun extras, and we would love to have your support and uh, have you listening along and talking to us at happy hour, which is only for Patreon supporters. So, you know, get on the uh, bus from the spillover parking lot and come. We'd love it. Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs is hosted by Mark Blankenship, that's me, and Sarah D. Bunting. That's me. I also edit the podcast, which is a proud member of the Believe Network. Learn more at BLEAV.com. To learn more about us, submit song requests, get a pop chart reading, or buy a Mastis book, visit our website at MarkandSarahTalkAboutSongs.com. You'll also find all of our social media links there, too. 
That's Mark and Sarah with an H, talkaboutsongs.com. And for even more content and access to the Mastass Happy Hour, become a Patreon supporter at patreon.com slash Mastass. Thanks for listening. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube you know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks that's what our podcast people are the worst brings you with each episode i'm rachel And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.